Hello, everyone, and welcome to another new perspective, the podcast that brings you wisdoms and perspectives from all walks of life. This morning, we have Shanna Bell, and she's a good friend of mine. We've actually met the last couple of years, and um, we have a lot of things in common. We actually had a lot of the same um, career choices, and uh, we, we've lived our lives. We're both 40 years old. We both have avoided a lot of um, social media, television, a lot of things that... Um, uh, many of others have engaged in. So um, I'm going to introduce her and let her kind of um, explain a little bit about herself. Um, the podcast this morning is about super moms and uh, time management and how self-care is important for um, being more productive, how discipline can help um, open up some more freedoms. And uh, and I'm going to go a little bit about like what I do and what my objective is to try to help um, increase that productivity and mental health for for women in general. So, Shanna, I'm going to let you take it away and kind of like uh, let people know how much of a super mom you are. <laughs> well, thanks for the introduction, Joe. That was that was pretty good. Um, I appreciate you calling me a super mom. Uh, I mean, I, I think that term is. Maybe not. Maybe maybe not as widely used as it should be for those of us who are moms and not even just work in the home, but do any sort of work at all because it is um, difficult, especially in this day and age, to balance everything and not lose your mind completely. Um, so for for me, what I I guess what I do or engage in on a daily basis is um, I am a holistic health advisor. So some days I have uh, health assessments with clients or I'm working on a health plan for them. Uh, I also do skill set assessments because I have a book that I have written that came out earlier this year called The Art of Being a PETA, uh, and it's about adapting and diversifying your skill set to increase your work-life balance and diversify your income. So I do that as well, and I'm an author, so <clears throat> there's that. I am <laughs> um, also a real estate investor, so I am actively looking at properties to invest in and running comps and analysis and driving down to where I invest to look at properties. That can be time-consuming. Uh, I do freelance writing in the health and finance space. So there are for there there are some days that I just spend doing freelance writing, or that is the the goal. I I get a certain amount of articles done a week, so I usually set time aside for doing that. Uh, I'm also currently working on the audiobook for my book, which is taking longer than I wanted it to, because one of the other things that we do very actively is board dogs. So we I think right now at our house we have four dogs. We're getting another two tomorrow. So. We generally board anywhere from two to eight dogs a day. So it gets pretty busy around Sounds our house. Like it, yeah. Uh, I also do office management um, and interior design for my mother. Um, so I'm with her about once a week working on stuff for her. And we also work on uh, real estate investment because I got her into real estate investing, but she is more of a wholesaler. So we, we spend a lot of time discussing investment properties. Um, and on top of that, I have a spouse who is a chef and um, works at a couple different places. He's, he's kind of a, uh, I don't know, I don't know what you would call it, um, 
a pastry chef for hire. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind so of contracts out. Kind of contracts out. Uh, he was working full-time at a place for quite a while and just decided he wanted to do more of along the lines of what I do and put his hands in multiple different pots because it gives him more creative freedom and more freedom with his schedule. And with our kids, because the two of us have five kids together as a blended family, uh, two of mine, um, two of them are mine biologically, and the other three are his from uh, his first marriage. We have none together. There will never be a sixth. So the Brady Bunch joke is not my favorite. <laughs> um, <laughs> because five is more than sufficient. Um, so I, th- I think that's about it right now that I'm doing. But I've got, you know, and I'm recording podcasts with people. Um, I do some speaking engagements. Um, I work with other people in the finance space and uh, we collaborate and write on each other's uh, blogs or discuss topics. Um, I also have another side project with another finance writer called Cashwise Ex-Wives that we had on hiatus for a little while and we are uh, rebranding and relaunching it uh, in September. And what is a short little snippet of that? Uh, That is Cashwise Ex-Wives was created because both Kayla and I are divorced, but our divorce and money stories are completely different. And we realized when we were uh, talking at a large conference one year that a lot of women don't talk about uh, divorce and the finances and how to make it through that without it completely devastating you. Um, And what resources, uh, how to find the resources, what resources you have, and they're all different in every state. and a lot of people get taken advantage of in the divorce process, either by lawyers or by their uh, their previous significant other. And so we just wanted to make it an open forum for, you know, it's primarily women, but we aren't discriminating anyone. So we just called it Cashwise Ex-Wives because we thought it was a cool name. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> it I, could be really Cashwise like Ex-Husbands, too. We're fine with that. Um, we're, we're really just trying to help people understand the best way to try and go through this together as previous partners um, to make it so that it's, you know, so you can exit the relationship as gracefully as possible and not um, kill either partner financially because divorce can just utterly destroy you uh, if you're not careful. So she got divorced when she was in her young 20s. She was only married for about a year and a half. Uh, and I and had no children, and I got divorced when I was 30 and had two kids, and we both had, you know, I had a house. She didn't have a mortgage, so we have completely different stories because mine – you know, mine has to do with, you know, child support and custody and divvying up of assets and some debts. And hers doesn't have that, but she didn't, you know, wasn't really working at the time and trying to figure out what to what to do when they, you know, got separated and divorced for money. And, you know, and then she had to find a new place to live, even though they didn't have a house they owned. They were renting, separating things, you know, just it's especially when you're in your young 20s, it's still difficult because you don't know who you are or right. what you to do. You haven't really established yourself at that point. No, yet. no, not at all. So they're very different stories, and we just realized that, you know, it's a wide gamut, and a lot of people still don't talk about divorce and money. It's still kind of a taboo subject, uh, kind right. of like I sex. Think, I mean, I can't speak out of experience. I've never been married. Um, I've been around a lot of my <laughs> friends, a lot of different relationships, even in my family um, around divorce a little bit, mm-hmm. and you can really see that it, there's, I guess there's maybe a little bit of a shame attached to it, and that can mm-hmm. create that, that, um, yeah. I don't want to talk about it, or um, how do I, you know, is, is there resources, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't think, even the resources aren't really, like, 
out there. I mean, they're you there, but they're like, them. you have to look. You, you have, have to, to really dig. I mean, it took me a while to find the resources that I needed to and the resources that I could afford. And that's the other thing. There, I was able to find, and so is she, many different ways to do this so that it was very cost effective and not as expensive as it needs to be to get divorced. But those resources aren't necessarily easy to find. So we've been creating a platform to have those resources available for everybody. And we've um, created, we are doing podcasts, but we have some Facebook Lives with different experts in different states uh, because the laws are different in every single state. They mm-hmm. are not the same. So it all depends on what state you live in. Oh, I'm um, sure, yeah. It, yeah, so the state, so she got divorced in Kansas, and I got divorced here in North Carolina, and our laws are completely different. Yeah, because I think so, North Carolina, you, have to, you can only separate for like a year, isn't there? It has to like be that? a year and a day f- to be legally separated, and in North Carolina to be legally separated, um, you have to live in separate residences. You cannot live in the same residence. Oh, wow. okay. And then you can file for divorce, but then it takes at least a month to get on the docket because they only do it one, and they only do divorce hearings one day a week. Oh, wow. <laughs> so okay. it's it's kind of a ridiculous process, but it's you know it's different in every state. And right. same thing with child support and custody. Every state has different um, rules and laws about kind of the direction they lean. Like North Carolina is more of a 50-50 state. Unless there is a major reason, they don't give one party uh, sole custody, you know, unless there's some major issues with the other parent. It's 50-50. That's what they do. But not every state's that way. And same thing with how you do property division. It's different in every state. Okay. Um, Well, it sounds like we might need to have uh, the three of us together sometime and and have a little conversation about this whole thing, too. Yeah, yeah, because that's a whole whole other podcast. No, no, exactly. No, exactly. And uh, that's why I was like... I think it'd be a good segue because it is, you know, um, you know, not like you say, you're not saying it's just for women, but mm-hmm. I think since we're focusing on the care for women right now, and yes. like, um, it is kind of a nice little segue for that. And we can kind of bring that back and, mm-hmm. you know, let everybody know when we, when we do that podcast and, and get that shared back out again also. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. So, um, so what, let's, let's talk a little bit about self-care. Okay. I think that's really important. It's kind of like where my segue is. Mm-hmm. Um, I own a company named Move. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure some of us, there, I do a lot of social media. Um, I put a lot of content out there. And really what I'm trying to do is create this idea of mindfulness or play mm-hmm. in the adult realm. And, of course, I work with kids as well, um, youth athletes and stuff like that. But um, I think it's really important that we find playback as adults mm-hmm. and find this time to kind of let go just for a second for 10 or 15 minutes or 20 minutes and go, I don't have to do anything the right way. I don't have to do it. There's, there's no lives on the line. Yes. And when I think of like super moms, I, I, and I grew up around some incredible women in my life. And I have this phrase that when I'm referring to like busy for myself, it's like, how many plates can you keep spinning riding a unicycle balanced on a basketball. Mm-hmm. And I think about that with the way women have it with children mm-hmm. and a career and keeping a house and, and taking care of, you know. Yes. All these things. There's so many tasks. <laughs> all you, the time. Right. And there's like this, um, you know, every task has to be done as best as possible. Mm-hmm. Every task could involve keeping your kids alive. 
I mean, which is important as parents. It's kind of important to keep your kids alive. <laughs> Just a little. It's a yeah. little bit important. Yes. You know, so so it's not like oh, I didn't quite do that well. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to kind of really pay attention. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens is that there's there's what I've seen is that um, you get lost in this this jumble of tasks and you mm-hmm. forget about yourself. Oh, easily. Right. Yes. So. Um, the one statistic I've always heard is that most more women die from heart attacks than men do mm-hmm. because it's the symptoms are different for one. Yes. But secondly, is that it's always attributed to like menstruation or it's attributed to, you know, oh, uh, well, I'm just busy. I'll deal with it later. Mm-hmm. I have things going on and then it gets worse and worse and you don't really pay attention to it. So I really wanted to kind of really emphasize the importance of self-care. Yes. And since you... As I've said before, super mom, and you've all heard in the beginning how much Shanna does because she's crazy and amazing at the same time. Crazy, yes. With a lot of kids. And... I think it's borderline crazy and insanity. <laughs> right, right. There's a line. I'm not sure where the line is. Some days it blurs. Right. But that's okay. I'm fine yeah. with that. So let's talk about self-care a little bit. What do you do for yourself to be able to do all the things you were telling us in the beginning and mm-hmm. still have some sort of mindset or some sort of like peace to yourself? Um, well, one of the things that... I really enjoy doing for self-care that sets my day is having breakfast with my spouse. So we make sure that every day um, we get up early enough and make breakfast together, um, whether we have the kids or not. If we have the kids, we're making breakfast for them too. Um, but we all we try to make sure that we sit down together and have, bre- have a really good, well-balanced breakfast and some coffee from our French press, which we love, and discuss, you know, our day or, you know, what's going on in our heads and kind of just set the day um, with the right tone. That's that's important so that we're not just getting up, you know, rushing around, grabbing something and flying out the door and not even talking to it because that sets the day in my, for me, in my opinion and in my life. If that's how I start my day, because I have done that before, then it sets the whole day as with a harried tone. Everything is just pure insanity all day and I feel like I can't stop and I can't breathe. And... That doesn't work very well for balance or self-care. So I've learned that getting up early enough to eat um, a well-balanced breakfast, for me, everyone's idea of a well-balanced breakfast is different because every body is different. This is the masters of nutrition, me talking to you. Right. Not everybody eats the same thing, and there's nothing wrong with that, unless you're eating Pop-Tarts, in which case I'm going to slap your hand. <laughs> <laughs> and then some people don't eat breakfast at all. you know. And, and they really should, but that's probably a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. We, um, we know we can segue all the time. So. Yes. <laughs> so... Um, I, so I do that. I like to try and carve out a few minutes during the day to read. Um, I just bought on, um, on the Nextdoor app um, a chaise lounge for my, my room, and that's like my reading area. That's my space. And I've told them, if I'm in, if I'm there, <laughs> I am not here. I don't exist. Just five minutes. Let me alone for five minutes. Um, that's kind of like my sacred space. So um, that's that's really helped for me. Um, the other thing is that I am like you and that I have never really grown up. I play all the time. I'm, I'm a 40 year old adult woman who's, you know, responsible and has a million different balls in the air. But one of the reasons I board dogs is because I get to play with them outside in the backyard. I, part of my job is I get to take them on a walk. So I'm getting exercise and I'm breathing fresh air and I'm, 
you know, getting licked by dogs. I mean, that's not horrible in my opinion. <laughs> Unless they've been licking their butts before that, in which right, case it's gross. Right. <laughs> but it happens. It, oh, it does. <laughs> it does. Um, but that's, I mean, for me, that's fun. I'm playing, I'm playing with dogs. Um, and I'm playing with my kids. Um, you know, I'm running around, I'm playing with the kids if they're out of school, if it's a weekend, if, or if, you know, yeah, if school's out. We're playing together. Um, sometimes it's video games because we have kids who range ages 7 to 14. And of course, the oldest ones would love to live on video games all day long. I don't let them, much to their dismay. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes we'll play video games together. You know, as a family, we'll play board games. Or we go out and explore. We do perambulation. It was originally perambulation Sunday. Now they're just perambulation events. Um, and we just go out and kind of check out stuff and see what we find. You know, swing from trees and just play. Mm-hmm. and talk about life and what's going on with them and be silly because I want them to be able to relate to me and I want to be there for them while they're, you know, while they're young and they're still in my care because as soon as they become adults, which for the oldest one is four years, that time's gone. Right. And I don't want to have missed it because I was too busy trying to get everything else done. So what I do is incorporate what I'm doing with, playing with the kids and talking to them so that they also learn about what I'm doing at the same time. So if I would ask you what your definition, based on your own perspective, not, a, not some dictionary definition, but what is your definition of play? My definition of play is anything that's fun and makes you laugh. Um, I sing in my car really loud and dance when I'm driving. Okay. Um, and I think people think that I'm crazy, but I'm having a good time. I'm stuck in traffic, and that sucks. Nobody likes it. Do I want to sit in carpool? No. The answer is no. I'm sorry. That is the bane of my existence. I hate carpool with a passion. But I'll either bring a book, or I'll sit there and listen to my iPod, and I'll sing and dance in the car. And my kids think it's hilarious because I'll pull up, and I'm the singing dancing mom. <laughs> this is great for me. And it's not because I'm trying to get attention. That's not it. It's because I'm having a good time with the situation that I have to be in. <laughs> yeah, so, might as well. I mean, you're, might you as well. get out of it. So. Well, everything's about perspective. So you can either exactly. sit there and you know be grouchy about it, which there are days that I want to be like that. Or you can say, okay, how can I make this more exciting? Right, and that's that mindset thing, too. It's like, yeah. you know, it's it's... It's how you re- react to a situation, not not the situation itself. Exactly, because there are certain things that you can't control. Right. Um, I mean, you're in it. I mean, that's like, like the controllable and uncontrollable. It is. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, here's a situation you have to be in because you have to pick up the, the, the young the people that you're responsible of. So. I know. It is what it is. Yeah. So that's, you know, it just is. And I'm okay with that. It's not my favorite, but, you know, it's only temporary. I also look at everything like that. Change occurs every single day. And everything is only temporary. So if I make my days miserable because I hate doing a lot of this stuff, then what am I teaching my kids? And at the same time, how am I making their childhood any better? I'm not because then they just have grouchy, angry right, moms. I have grouchy, yeah, grouchy, grouchy Yeah, mom, nobody, nobody wants to be around that. I don't want to be around that. Right. So why not make it more exciting? Well, it's not, it's not good for your own self care, your own mental no. health either. No. And then you know that energy passes off to. Um, to the children. So I've actually taken uh, classes in infant massage. Oh. And um, it was one of the first times, you know, we always hear in our career, like, you know, you have to go to work, you have to go to work, you have to go to work. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how you feel. Like, I remember calling into work one time, or like, they would say, like, you know, we highly suggest you show up today. I'm like, I'm <laughs> sick. Like, okay. You want me to get everybody else sick? <laughs> right. 
But in, uh, in infant massage, because we're, it's primarily used in hospitals, yes. and these kids are in really in bad the NIC, shape. In the NICU. They're in the NICU, yeah. or mm-hmm. they're in, like, or have main lines or picks, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah. like, these kids are in bad shape. Mm-hmm. And they're like, if you feel bad, don't come to work. No. That's the last thing the kids need to feel, is that you being upset about something, and you coming in, and they're feeling your energy going, of course. I'm grumpy, and I don't really want to be here. Yeah, because energy is right. energy, and it's transferred no matter what, and felt no matter what. Whether you believe this or not, it's strictly science. I mean, this is all it is. Energy is, you know, energy is energy. So you're either putting out positive energy or negative energy. Right. Um, you know, it's the same thing with dogs. All the dogs I have are great with me. I can board multiple dogs at once because I have a lot of positive energy, and None of the dogs have ever been aggressive with other dogs they've never met. Like this, that just doesn't, that's not the environment that is in my house. But if you have a lot of negative energy or anger, dogs feel that. Oh, and they respond. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to tell. Humans are the same way. We've just kind of, we've pushed it down and tempered it a bit more with our responses. Whereas dogs don't do that. They just innately feel what they feel and you'll see it because they'll react accordingly. Um, oh, yeah. So dogs are actually a great way to tell somebody's disposition. <laughs> right. And they've actually said that, too. Like, oh, I, yeah. I think they've, they've done scientific studies on that that shows mm-hmm. that, too. You yeah. Know, that dogs can really tell yeah. whether someone's a good person or not. Correct. I mean, our, our house is uh, home number two for a lot of dogs. We have a lot of dogs that spend about half the month with us. Oh, wow. And get okay. excited when they start, you know, their owner's like, yeah, they get excited when they see us driving your direction. <laughs> yep, because they're having a good time. It's a good yeah. environment. You know, we have a lot of fun. We have an in-ground pool, and some of the dogs will swim in the pool, which is crazy talk. But yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't, I don't encourage that because it gets hair in the filter, right. <laughs> and Brian hates that. But you know, they have a good time. They have yeah. a good time at our house, running around, playing. I mean, there's, there's no shortage of love. There's seven of us. I mean, how can you have a shortage of love? Oh yeah, there's, now, there's somebody's always got some a dog to love. Exactly. On. Now, does that mean that every day is you know Shangri-La at our house? No. No, that's a lie. It's not. There are five kids. That's never going to happen. Oh, yeah. Every day is, we call it somebody's day. It's somebody's <laughs> day to completely lose their mind and just not be not be in a great mood and just be losing it. Always somebody's day. Um, and sometimes it's that person's day two or three days in a row. I'm like, all right, you need to go back to bed. <laughs> right. You need to go find and yourself back. You're making everybody else miserable, so let's discuss what's going on with you. <laughs> right, right. So please stop. Well, I think that's good that you're um, attentive that no- enough to, you know, even with five kids to go, something's not quite right, let's have a conversation. Yeah. Right? Because you, you have to be aware of that. And mm-hmm. I think the more you have that communi- open communication, you know, the more, the more they're going to share with you as, as they get older. Well, there, yeah. and, that's, and that's something that I have worked with my two children on since they were born. Um, when Brian and I got together with the blended family, you know, they had raised their children different than I had raised mine. And so integrating that was interesting and a challenge. I mean, it's, it, we've now been doing it three and a half years, and it's pretty seamless most of the time now. But one of the ways that we keep communication open and the kids feel like they can talk to us about whatever they want to. I mean, in fact, the two 14-year-olds were texting me all night last night. So you guys need to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But one of the ways that we have made sure we keep communication open is that um, I always asked my kids questions, more in-depth questions, and this is generally a female thing. So this is definitely more of a super mom thing. Not discriminating against the sex is just how our brains operate versus how men's brains operate. Is that you can't just say, how was your day? Uh, the answer you're going to get is fine. That's the answer. Mm-hmm. Fine, 
That's it. You're getting a one-word answer, and that's it. How was school? Good. Good. That's that's, that's what you're it. getting. Right. You have to have a more you have to have more in-depth questions, and they cannot so that they can't give you a yes or no answer. So I you know worked with Brian on reframing some of his questions so that he could get the older kids to talk to him more. But then the thing that we implemented, which has worked really really well, is we now do questions at dinner, and so we have I think it's five questions. And they all know the questions. So the first question is, what was your favorite part of the day? And this is not a yes or no answer. You have to give me what was your favorite part of the day. Um, sometimes that ends up in a 20-minute diatribe by one child. Uh, then the second question is, what was your favorite food today? So I want to know what you're – and this is how I also find out if they've been st- st- swapping food <laughs> at school. <laughs> And since they know that I hate certain things, I I think sometimes they do it to antagonize me. They're like, oh, yeah, I had, I don't know what it, like a ding dong. Where'd you get a ding dong from? We don't have those in this house. (laughs) Oh, I swapped my applesauce for it. I was like, okay, we're going to talk later. (laughs) Let's talk about the nutritional value of that. So, um, and then the next question is, what was one act of kindness you performed today? Because I want them to consciously be aware of their actions and how they affect other people. So you know every night you're going to be asked that question. So you better have at least one act of kindness, at least. If you don't, the consequence is tomorrow you have to tell me two acts of kindness that you did. Um, Generally pretty good. There's usually one culprit that can never think of what she's done. (laughs) But um, And so then the next question is... um, what was one thing that made you smile? And the last question is, what was one thing you would have changed about your day to make it better? Okay. And so what we found is that, A, as soon as, so that they can't, they can't call out numbers until Brian and I are sat down at the table. And so as soon as we sit down, you hear a cacophony of, one, two, three, four, like they're all calling out numbers oh, wow. because, you know, because they all want to go first. And sometimes there's a fight ensuing about who's second or fourth. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone gets to go because we're not getting up from the table until everyone goes anyways. That's the deal. So you can be done eating, but nobody's leaving until everyone is done. And that includes Brian and I. We always go last, which is fine um, because, you know, they don't care about our day as much as we want to know about their day. And that's fine. Right, because adults are boring. Adults are boring, but at the same time, we want them to hear what we've done also. It's important that every member of the family contributes. Well, it's integral that way. Exactly. now, Now it isn't like... I'm, I'm parenting you and you need to tell me your things. No. It's, it's like we all, we're all doing this thing and we're all part of the same system. Exactly. So. Yeah. So communicating with your kids as a mom or a super mom is very, very important because it, it is hard to know what's going on in their heads and what they're doing, what their day is like, if they're at school or at daycare or whatever, if you don't ask the in-depth questions. So this is something that I found that's really that really works for us. And it's created more cohesion in the family, which is great. Oh, I'm sure. You know, because mm-hmm. it's almost like um, this kind of positive way of um, motivation or, or this positive way of competition. That's mm-hmm. the word I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, you know, because as, as humans, we like competition. We want to be like, you know, it's showing us you can be the best. And like now the kids are hearing they can one-up each other. Mm-hmm. Right, and now, yeah. but you're not wanting up each other on like I have this and you don't. You're one upping on like acts of kindness. Yes, like, who got more? And right. and if somebody can't think of one, so this has also worked really well for teamwork, which I forgot to add. If somebody can't think of one that they've done, and it's been like a minute, I'll say, okay, does anybody have an act of kindness for so and so? Anybody think of anything they've done today? 
that's an act of kindness that maybe they forgot they did, mm-hmm. you know. And so that way it kind of gets the other, everyone else in the family involved. Say, oh, yeah, remember? You helped me. You brought me my lunchbox this morning, and I forgot it. That's an act of kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any little thing that's an act of kindness that, that you, I didn't tell you to do for chore money because that doesn't count. That's you working. That's not an act of kindness. Right. That's me requiring that action of you. Right, right. And, I, and I'm paying for your services. And I'm paying for your services. Not an act of kindness. Right. And I think that's important, too, to, like, to understand like the acts of business. You know, like I, I was given that as a child. Like I worked mm-hmm. for my parents, and I was paid for what I did. And yeah. Grant, we had a business, and what I did was actually work for income. Mm-hmm. My kids do um, that, too. I pay them to work for me for the dog boarding. Okay. So any of that stuff doesn't count as acts of kindness because I'm paying you. Right. You and I, but, I think, but I think the, the exchange of money, mm-hmm. right? And I think there, there's, that, there's that argument back and forth of like, should kids have chores? Mm-hmm. And should you pay your kids for your chores? You know, so it's like, but I think they're eventually going to be employees or yes. business owners or whatever. And understanding mm-hmm. I'm giving you my service and you're now giving exchanging resources mm-hmm. or energy or whatever you want to call money yes back for what I did for you mm-hmm. and the better I do the more I receive the more I whatever. receive yeah, yeah exactly. I I actually just wrote an article for one of my clients about this specific topic and there I mean there there is of course a split um, among parents as to whether or not you should pay for chores now as a financial writer I feel like teaching children about finances is very important and still very much lacking by a lot of parents, which is why we have the financial issues we do as well, adults. I, well, they even go back to like the divorce thing, mm-hmm. right? So you don't even talk about it at that stage. Yes. But if you don't, if it's not a topic that was talked about when you were far, growing up, when you're growing up, yeah. then it's just something that's just taboo. Yeah. You know, like we don't talk about money. So I don't, I don't do that. I talk about finances all the time. And in fact, my two biological children, I opened a Roth IRA for them. And so whatever I pay them, they then have to choose the ETFs that they're putting their money into for a Roth IRA. So I'm teaching them about about investing as well and compounding and how money grows and you know how if you keep putting this amount in per month, that you know you can be a millionaire by this date. That's important for kids to understand. They're like, right. oh, okay, you right. know, this is more exciting now that you see that. And you know, I'm not just going to spend the money on the newest video game. You can, but right. this is how much money you'll be losing by doing that. Your choice, your choice. Right. Right. Um, but I want them to understand, you know, the basics of finances because, you know, our ultimate goal as parents is to, you know, ha- to raise our children so that they are happy, well-balanced, contributing members of society in whatever way they choose to contribute and, you know, can, can reach financial freedom, whatever that means to them, so that they don't have to necessarily work jobs that they hate forever right. and, and I, cause that stress. But they can pick and choose because they understand, um, they understand money and finances. Whether you like money or finances or not, I mean, I personally always hated it when I was younger. Because I think it's a silly system. However, it doesn't matter. That's the system we live in. Right. So you right. can not like it. You have to all live you within want. the reality. This is where in. we live right now. So right. this is it. So you got to right. play the game. <laughs> right. Exactly. And teaching your children how to play the game effectively and efficiently only helps them in the future. Well, I think too, if you started off young enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're starting off a, a Roth IRA, when did you open those? Uh, How I, old were they? I opened the Roth IRAs for them last year okay. when they started working for me. Because okay. as a parent. So how old, are, how old were they? They were 10 and 13. Okay. Yeah. So you can easily show them by the time you're 
25. Mm-hmm. How much they'll have if how they much continue. They'll have, right, yes. Exactly. And so like right now as a parent, you can employ your children and pay them as of 2019 up to $12,600 $12, a year. In, tax-free. Oh, really? Your kids don't have to pay taxes on it. And if they put money, if they put that all in a Roth IRA, you can't put all that in a Roth IRA. I think the limit right now is 6500 But if they put that in a Roth IRA, Roth IRAs are post-tax money. So when they take it out, they don't pay taxes on it either. That's a win-win. Oh, absolutely. And as an, as an employer, if you own a business, you don't have to pay. You're, you reduce your taxable income by what you've paid your children. So that's a win for your business. Oh, wow. So I'm okay. teaching them how to do that also just so that they understand the tax implications if you choose to do this. Um, because I want them to understand that it is a big game. Um, but if you don't want to put it in there, that's fine. You can put it in your savings. But even right now, a high-yield savings account is only 2.4%. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you're going to make a whole lot more in the market over a long period of time, but you still want to have some money in savings. No, absolutely. So I'm trying to teach them how to be financially responsible and you know to be in a position to purchase what it is that they like because everyone has different you know currencies different things they want to spend their disposable income on and there's nothing wrong with that but you need to make sure that you have plenty of it to do that right so i mean i've been teaching them about money since they were little because i would take them grocery shopping with me and we would um i mean even when they were two and they would, you know, pick out items they wanted. Let's say it was applesauce squeezers. And I say, okay, well, this one has, you know, this one has eight in the box. This one only has four in the box. You know, look at the ingredients. The ingredients are the same because one's name brand and one's not, which, by the way, are usually made by the same company anyways. Usually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, usually. And now we need to figure out how much each pouch costs. So we're going we're gonna to figure out how much each pouch costs. And then you tell me which one you think is the better deal. Which one should we get? Um, and so, you know, we would do that. And so now they go to the store. And they're really good at figuring out if something is a good deal or not, which is great. That's cool. That's, yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool to yeah. watch them do it. I mean, my son's doing it so much now, he's now negotiating with manufacturers on things he's found, buying stuff, and then selling them for profit. Oh, wow. How old is he? <laughs> he's 14. He's 14. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. Well, because, like, our brains are made for math anyways. Yes. So, like, the, the sooner you can start with math, mm-hmm. you know, like, the, 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 child, the child brain is like, oh, math? Like, you want me to just, like this goes this, and if I do this, and this does that, and like, they're like, oh, well, that makes sense. Well, children are right. highly intelligent. Right. I mean, children are very moldable, so they and they will mimic adult behavior. So if you treat your children like they are highly intelligent beings, because they are, then they oh, will they be are. highly intelligent beings. But if you treat them like, you know, they don't know anything and talk to them in the baby voice, and you don't speak to them like intelligent beings. I speak to my children like adults. I have since they were born. And their vocabulary is fairly in-depth, which is great. They understand more in-depth concepts than a lot of their peers because I have spoken to them like they are smart. They are. All of them are. They all are. But it depends on what you choose to embark upon with your conversation with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should always you should always talk to them like they know, they know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so... I'm going to segue a little bit into mine and just like let everybody know like so so with my company move and play so my definition of play um and the way i talk to people when they come in here is that there's play is in of itself there's Mm -hmm. no there's no rhyme or reason to it there's no end to it that's Mm -hmm. how i say like there's 
if you're trying to find something that you're wanting to play, play would be, I don't, you could do arts and crafts or paint, mm -hmm. but you can't copy somebody else's arts and craft. You can't go, I want to build this, this um, stick house. Mm -hmm. And then you build a stick house, but it doesn't look like the one that the other person made. And now you feel bad because now you're comparing yourself to the other person's. True. As to like creating something that's just yours. Mm -hmm. This original painting, this original something. Mm -hmm. Then that is playing because you're not. Yeah. It's not a task then. Correct. I do that with food. Right. So, All the time. So if you're, yeah, because food you can, you can be very creative with. Yeah. It's always playing. Right. You're just like, let's try this. Like, let's let's put these colors together. You can even, like, you can... Yeah, let's try these flavor colors. profiles. Like, yeah. yeah, let's exactly. just see. Textures. Yeah, it's... Right. Playing with food is a lot of fun. Right. Which is why I'm, I'm, I kind of go against the grain and I don't follow recipes much to I don't most either. people. I never have. Yeah. Never. I'm always I mean, just throwing things together. And, yep. and I'm really working on uh, my girlfriend, you know, mm -hmm. working to help her learning cooking and stuff. And, yeah. And she was really big on recipes, and I was like, just try to make something without it. Yeah. Just try to, like, just, just throw some stuff just together. Just something. Exactly. Right? And then it becomes an art form. It becomes this, like, mm -hmm. you know, this, this you're playing with your food. And even though we're told our whole lives not to play with your food, but. I like uh, playing with it. We'll play I mean, my, my kids and I actually used to teach a class on one of the farms about food and creating art out of food that grew on the farm. Okay. So the last portion of the class was, it was like three, it was three sections, but the last portion was my daughter would say, okay, now we have a basket of all the stuff we've picked and I'm going to yell out a color and you're going to pick something from the basket and we're going to create art on the plates with whatever ingredients you choose. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And then you get to eat it when you're done. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think that's what, um, we get this idea of play as being a child thing. Right. And like, yeah. we throw this word around like, oh, well, I don't have time to play. I don't have to, I don't, I don't want to play. I don't, I had, um, a Why? Couple, I, had a, <laughs> I had a couple in one time. It was, um, the child was hers and then he was in there, you know, they were together. Okay. And, uh, I was talking about, I was like, you know, a lot of the things that you're dealing with in your body that you're having problems with pain wise, mm -hmm. if you played on the floor more and just you imitate your child, he's two, mm -hmm. just Play on the floor with them and roll around with them and yeah. like do things. And I was like, you might be surprised how much better you feel. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, I'm too old to play with trucks. And I was like, <laughs> really? I, I was like, I think I think they always I'm say all about like, it. <laughs> I know. I think they always say like, if the two year old hands you the plastic phone, you answer the phone. You answer the phone. Yeah, right. that's the deal. You right. answer the exactly. Phone. And then you come up with a crazy voice. That's what I do. Right. You have to like, you have to own it. Mm -hmm. right? And what's and wrong like, with that? Yeah. It gets you Nobody's out of your. You. Well, and it gets you out. Playing gets you out of your adult brain space. You know, as adults, we have all of these obligations and things what's that right, we what's need to wrong, do. What's right? What's wrong? Who am I trying to, like... Well, not only that, pain, you know, how am I going to, you know, what am I going to do for work? What's going on at work? How am I going to pay the bills? You know, what are the bills I have this month? What obligations do I have socially this month? Like, do I have to go to you know, somebody's wedding or a baby shower? Or blah, blah. Like, there's a million things we have going on. Oh, I need to clean the house. Oh, I've got to, back, you know, i got to have to mow the backyard. There's so many things all the time that are adult-wise that we have to take care of, that we're thinking about, why the heck wouldn't you want to turn your brain off for a little while and just play just and 15, just 15, 20 be? minutes of just like, you know, whether whatever you do isn't wrong. Like there's a... Yeah, there's you're just a, having a good time. There's a saying I have when I, when I work with people in the cube or at the blocks is that there's there's no rules, right mm -hmm. or wrong way to play, and you can do anything you want. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's really life. I know. Is that there's, there's no rules in life. No. There's no rules of like... You know, people are like, you know, the whole pineapple and pizza thing. 
whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, like, who really cares? I put pineapple on my pizza last night. A homemade pizza that yeah. I made gluten-free and vegan, just so you know, from scratch for some friends of mine. It was kick-ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I always joke around about it because, you know, I, I like to throw this out at people because it messes people's heads up a little bit. I was like, if I want to put mustard on a jelly donut, it doesn't matter because it, I'm the one eating it. You're exactly. not. So there's it's your not prerogative. Really, you're right, exactly. I put there's beets no on my pizza. Brian thinks that's gross. <laughs> You beets. Beets. I love beets. Yeah. Love them. Oh, Brita. Bree's like a huge oh, beet person. Digging on some beets. Especially yeah. good. They're, it's good on pizza, too. But I've never thought about that. Well, so. yeah, especially with pineapple. Oh, yeah. Because it, brings, okay. because it brings out the sweetness in the beets. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have to try that next time. Put some artichokes on there, too. Okay. For like, and some uh, olives. That was kind of what we did last night. Because you have the salty and the sweet then. So you have a... You have a whole bunch of different flavors wow, to okay. play with. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I never thought about any of that. Mm-hmm. that. That sounds like a nice My friends like... didn't either. It was her, her <laughs> birthday, and she wanted me to cook for her, and she and they're vegan and we're okay. gluten-free because um, I've had celiac since 1986, so for a long time. And so I said, oh, well, I've got something. And since they've been vegan, her husband has really missed pizza. And I said, oh, I make a, home, I make a homemade cassava crust with teff flour that's vegetarian, but I can easily switch it to vegan. I just change the egg for flax egg. Okay. And she said, oh, can you do that? Because he would love it. I said, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. So I did it. We made, um, there were four of us. We made, I made six crusts. And I think he ate two of them by himself. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> he really liked it. <laughs> that's good. So, well, yeah. part of this is probably missing pizza and then, you know. Yes. And then probably the flavors and stuff too. And probably so. the flavors, yeah. yeah. So I don't just do like a plain, yeah. plain vegan cheese pizza. And we're going to put some stuff on there and play around. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We're going to yeah. make it interesting. No, absolutely. So. But yeah, no, I think the, um, I think helping people understand that, you know, as adults, you mm-hmm. know, we're both 40 years old. And like, Brie even said this this morning too when I was messing around. She's like, you're such like a young boy sometimes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I know. And I don't care. Yeah. Like, I can... Really, once I don't, I don't know how forty felt to you, but like I felt like this monkey came off my back. I'm like, why was I so worried about all this stuff? Like, was I was never like, worried about. I wasn't yeah. worried about being thirty, and I wasn't worried about being yeah. forty. I don't. For me, it wasn't like worry, but it was kind of like this whole like I, I felt this like, oh well, I don't really care. Like, no. I can really be whoever the hell I want, and let's have some fun. Let's just play. Like always. Yeah. Well, play keeps you younger. Right. I mean, they've there have been multiple studies, especially on on men that have. Uh, uh, men that within six months after retirement um, they, they no longer have they no longer feel useful or play or anything to do and about within six months after retirement a large proportion of men die oh wow um, because they've stopped playing and they've stopped feeling useful right and so, so they don't have a purpose or a drive they a and, purpose. You don't, and you don't have a reason you don't you haven't played in probably 20 or 30 years oh so. easily yeah and right. so you don't remember how to play but you don't so you don't know what to do with your life now and so right. you basically just start to wither away and, you know, all of the stress from the, you know, it's culminated from all of those years of not playing and trying to work right. hard for retirement. And then you get to retirement, you don't know what to do with yourself. And um, then, you know, you die, which is not good. No. And that's why, like, um, Nikola Tesla, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm finding more and more people don't know who he is, but, like, oh. obviously a great scientist. Yes. And one of my icons yes um but he has a quote that i really like it says most people are sick because they forgot how to play mm-hmm. yeah you know, and i'm like i try to really encourage that to people i'm like nature is playful oh yeah watch animals play together no matter how old they get they're always like playing you know they're playing and mm-hmm. and for them it's more about learning survival yes but there's still it's still a playful nature to learning survival but so if kids go out to recess mm-hmm. you know they're in school they're learning they go out to recess. Now they're learning again mm-hmm. on how to interact with each other, or learning how to like 
avoid situations or engage in situations, and they're, they're still learning from that play. Of course. So really, if you look at animals playing and learning ways of survival, mm-hmm. it's no different than humans playing on the playground and learning survival. No. Right? And I think that's missing a lot now. Like, we're, I've heard of, like, oh, we don't go to recess. We have device time now. And yeah. I was like, they don't even have – PE isn't even required anymore, which is – I had PE required up until I, – I think up until my senior year in high school. It was a requirement every, yeah. <laughs> every year. They don't, that's not even a thing. Huh. So they're not they're not really you know working the kids out. They're not getting they're not getting their energy out. They're not playing. Right. They're sitting all day, um, and then they have device time, and then they wonder why they're not testing as well or why they're not focusing. When you're not focusing, because you're not moving for seven hours a day. Of, right. course, of course, you're right. not focused. Right, we're animals essentially. I mean, we need yeah. to we need to survive in this world. Mm-hmm. Right, and yeah. like that that variability of movement, that variability of. Um, the thought process and like how to do something and like oh here's a situation I've never been in before mm-hmm. and I'm gonna just try something yeah at the best of my ability with what I know and if I don't do it how I thought it was gonna happen mm-hmm. or what my expectations of the oper- of, of the situation was gonna be yeah it doesn't matter because you're not hurting anybody anyway no and you've learned a, something so, yeah. oh, okay so next time I'll do it this right. way and that's or that maybe I liked effect. it yeah that's, you know the cause and effect of like oh well that's not what I thought was gonna happen why I did that Yes. It, you know, it was kind of like the whole idea, um, you know, think of like the volcano. Mm-hmm. When we built the volcanoes when we were kids, you know, yes. like with the baking soda. And I, I still do that with my kids, just so you know. Do you? Okay. I do it, but I do it more now. You're going to find this funny, I think. I do it more now when I'm unclogging sink drains. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Because you use the same the same method to unclog sink drains or to keep them flowing freely so they don't clog. Yeah. You put baking soda in it, and then I usually put a drop or two of food coloring in there. Because oh, really? they think that's cool. And then I'll put the vinegar in, and it kind of like does the exploding <laughs> volcano thing, but it's eating away the gunk in the pipes. Okay. Win-win. There you go. Everybody wins. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. No, that's awesome. Um, but I think that's, um, I think that play aspect for children, and I think that play aspect all the way through your entire life, mm-hmm. you know, because kids need to learn that, you know, I did a little uh, kind of a, a video the other day. Uh, a little while ago in regards to perspective of and the, the importance of learning cause and effect as a child mm-hmm. right so like we would play with blocks or build card houses mm-hmm. and you know building a card house if you're off a sixteenth of an inch everything falls down and you're oh, like yeah. oh man you're toast but then you like you go to put it back up the next the next time and the ten steps you took the first time might only take four mm-hmm. or six because you learn you're like oh I didn't need that step I can just go right to this step mm-hmm. and now we're even better than we were before yeah more efficient right Right, exactly so you're learning from that experience Mm -hmm. and you're making a mess and you're making noise and you're making and you might break something and that's fine it happens right or playing with blocks right well if you're playing with an ipad Mm -hmm. and your blocks fall down on your ipad and you push a button they all go back up again you didn't learn anything from that no you just learned you can push a button push a button it's like video games when people die and they come back and they respawn that's what it's called respawning Respawning. like have you seen a person who respawns because i haven't (laughs) (laughs) yeah but, like, if you take that idea from childhood of, like, that cause and effect and that learning from play, from mm-hmm. recess and, like, building things and, like, working together mm-hmm. as a team to build something, mm-hmm. you're learning from that experience. Yeah. Then you take that and you can correlate it into middle school, high school, where we're playing sports, we're playing, you know, an instrument or playing music or whatever mm-hmm. that's still playing. Yes. Right? They would say, like, an instrument's playing because whether you blow air through a trumpet and it makes noise or you don't, like, nothing in the world changes except for how you feel. Correct. Right. It's yeah. just playing. Right? And you but should then, enjoy it. And then you correlate that into business. And I think businesses would benefit a lot more from 
really pushing the creative mind mm-hmm. back then, you know, of like, um, here's this thing we want to build, what's your ideas? Mm-hmm. And then respecting people's ideas and giving that chance to go, I don't care if it sounds absolutely absurd and it's playful or whatever, like, give me this, give me an idea based on this vision. Right? Yeah. So it really, like, I agree. The, the play is all the way through. Mm-hmm. And it should be, because life isn't as serious as we make it out to be. Right. It doesn't have to be. Well, That's like, just it. The idea that we live in this, like, crazy, like, world without opportunities and stuff. And I'm like, there's <laughs> so many opportunities. You have the internet, for one. So, like, there's just, like... There's so many opportunities in the in, in the environment we live in here in the United States. Oh, man. Yeah. Our, I mean, we have so many opportunities every day that those people who say there aren't any are just not looking close enough. Right. But I think... Um, and this is the reason, like, everybody was like, why'd you build something so big like the Q instead of, like, a VR game? And I was like, because you're looking the wrong way, mm-hmm. right? The opportunities in our world are out. They're, the world is external. Yes. And it's always been external. Mm-hmm. But you keep condensing people's vision, mm-hmm. focusing their vision inward, mm-hmm. right? So now we've gone from, like, playing in the forest, hunting and gathering in the forest, to staring at a little three-inch phone screen, and now we're in VR. Mm-hmm. So, Which changes the way your brain is structured and operates. Right. So now you're not seeing not, not out, you're not seeing the opportunities. You're not even seeing the controls and uncontrolled that way. No, we've now we've shrunk our vision so that right. it's now very narrow. It's now a very narrow field. Whereas mm-hmm. before we had we were very far sighted and we are not anymore. Right. Which right. is a problem for the younger generations, especially. Right, because they're missing the opportunities. They're missing the things right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're not seeing the out. You're not seeing like. Oh, look at this! I can walk over there and, and handle this situation because mm-hmm. I'm seeing it. Yes, but they're not. But they're not. No. You know? And I think that's you know a very important thing to teach our kids. Is it is. You need to like let let me show you how you can find the opportunities. Let me show you like. That's why teaching problem solving to children is very yes. important, yes. and I've been teaching them that since they were my kids, since they were little, my stepkids. The critical thinking. Only about three and a half years now. I mean it's definitely a different process because I didn't raise them when they were all little um, and you know different parenting styles yeah. but um, you know you, the you can tell the difference also between how my kids problem solve and how my stepkids problem solve because my children have been surrounded by problem solving and I've been making them do it since they were little and my stepchildren have never had to do it until I got involved <laughs> so because you because that interaction or like that, that Segway came earlier too, as far as mixing the two families together mm-hmm. and like the financial part and like non-financial part mm-hmm. and like this and that. Do you feel that um, having two of them younger, mm-hmm. having that experience plus you, mm-hmm. help is helping the other ones learn it more because it's not just you trying to, to switch the other three, but it's like yeah. the two younger ones and you trying to switch the other three and teach them. Yeah, I mean, my kids, my kids definitely, ha- I think, have a lot more. Um, clout or influence with them. I mean, they, as I said earlier, children mimic behavior. Mm -hmm. So all of the kids see me doing what I'm talking about. That is also a big thing as a parent. You can't do the, you know, say or do what I say, don't, don't do what I do business. Like that doesn't work. Children will mimic behavior. So whatever they see you doing is what they're going to try and mimic. So you have to be cohesive with what you say and what you do. And that's still a large disconnect I've found with a lot of people. They say they want to do all these things, but then they don't actively do it. I'm like, well, this is why your child is acting like that. Right. <laughs> because they see you doing there's, this there's instead. No, there's no continuity to There's it. no continuity. So, I mean, the kids see me problem solving actively. And 
they hear Brian and I talking about problem solving and they hear us talking about finances because they're involved with our, they're around and we do our budget meeting once a week. So they hear it. They hear us talking about it. They understand what we're talking about. They're welcome to ask questions. They can see the graph if they want to. Most of the times they don't care, but they see us doing right. it and they see the actions that we perform. But then they also um, get it from, you know, my kids as well. And I mean, like a really good example when it comes to finances is, my oldest stepson, who's three months younger than my son, so he's almost 14. So we'll have two 14-year-old boys okay. next month. Um, Sounds exciting. Oh, yeah. They're very different personalities, too. But, um, you know, my son did what we, what I normally make him do and that he had to – he found something. He found this watch he wanted, and he had worked to earn the money. He has to pay for it. So he, he said, okay, Mom, so I found this watch I want. This is how much it costs. I talked to the – talked to the dealer I was able to negotiate down and he's gonna send it to me you know blah 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 I said okay great so he was able to get the watch for I think ten dollars and it's exactly what he wanted and he paid for it great well my stepson I guess came back and his mom and stepdad had bought him a three hundred dollar watch that he doesn't even need um, and he's like yeah it does all this stuff and it does this and he's telling my son and my son said yeah but that's three hundred dollar watch what do you need a three hundred dollar watch for He's like, yeah, but, you know, it connects to my phone. He said, you don't even have your phone right now because you're grounded. <laughs> he said, what's the point? He said, why yeah. do you need, why would you need to spend $300 on a phone? Actually, I guess they didn't buy it. He had gotten the money, so he spent his $300 on that. And he said, I, he said, I spent $10 on mine. My watch is just as good as your, as your watch, but I now have another $290 that you don't have. Right. That so you can put in your Roth IRA. Exactly. And make, and make- how many thousands of dollars <laughs> later, 20 years down the road. Exactly. So it's just funny because, you know, my kids look at it now like, are you looking at the simple math? No? Okay, let me tell you why you probably should have. And I don't get involved with that one. You guys just talk about it. Oh, yeah. Know. No, exactly. But I've trained my kids well enough to understand about finances that if that's something you really want and you want to blow $300 on a watch, that more than likely as a 13, 14-year-old boy, you're probably going to break it or lose it because that's what happens when you're a 13, 14-year-old oh, yeah. boy. I never bought an expensive watch until like, no. I was... Um, yeah, the only reason I have it now is because it was like an inheritance, you know. There but, you go. Yeah. But other than that, like, I would never spend more than twenty dollars on a watch because they would get broke or like you'd leave them yeah. somewhere or whatever. And, like, well, they're just, active. You know, they're yeah. these are active kids. You know, so of of course, it's something's going to happen to it. Right. But I like that. You know, my son and my daughter said the same thing. She said, "Why would you spend that kind of money on a watch? That seems like a huge waste of money." She's like, "You could have done all this other stuff with it instead." Right. Think of like a trip you could have taken, or like a camp you could have gone to, or I know. Anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, but so, I mean, they, and I think he kind of, I think my stepson kind of felt bad a little bit, but then, you know, then he was like, okay, well, it's fine. It's still a different mentality because the way they were growing up before Brian and I got together, even though they didn't have the money financially, was they kind of got what they wanted when they wanted it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't teach kids about finances. As a super mom, please, for the love of God, do not do that. Because you're not teaching your kids about finances or responsibility. What you're teaching them is that they should be able to get what they want when they want it, and it can be name brand. And what you're then teaching them is that they're going to live in a life of debt, which is horrible. Right. And that's the opposite of what we should be teaching our kids. Um, everybody has different things that are important to them, but is it really that important for you to buy a $300 watch? Or is the $10 watch sufficient for what your needs are? Right. And I think I, I saw like a meme the other day on Facebook and it was like, don't create an imaginary world for your kids. Because, uh, yes, correct. Because when they're becoming adults, it's not imaginary anymore. It's no. It's not this like... It's then their money and their right. credit score, and which is why I make the kids buy their buy stuff with their money. 
Um, I make them invest their money. I want them to feel it. I want them to see it because it's not ultimately going to affect me in the future. It's going to affect them. Right. Um, they're, and they're, so, they're going to be adult humans. They're not, they are. They're, they're not mm-hmm. children. They're, they're already humans that, are, that you're guiding and nurturing and, and yeah. you know, to get to, you know, to become an adult. To become happy, well-balanced adults. That's right. the plan. That's the plan. That's always the plan. <laughs> um, but, you know, I don't want to start this, this negative cycle where they end up like the majority of the American population and in a significant amount of debt because the majority of the population is. Um, if you look at their net worth, I mean, right. there's, a, I think I looked yesterday, um, people my in our age, in our age bracket, the average net worth is, um, I think it was negative $2,500. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, well, that's what I told a friend That's of mine. the average net worth. <laughs> well, that's what I told a friend of mine. I was like, you pay your, um, you pay your car off and all your stuff and you put, say, $50 in your bank account. And you're now more wealthy than than the majority, the majority. of the American population in certain right. brackets. Right. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that sad? Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. And you're never going to retire at that age, you know, at that point, because Social Security for people our age and younger is probably not going to be there. You can't rely on that to still be in existence. Right. So you have to rely on yourself. And if you continue to blow money on things that you really don't need to be blowing money on until you have a net worth and then feel right. free to buy a $300 watch. Right. I don't care. Right. Um, but until you're at that point, it doesn't make sense to do that because all you're doing is taking money away from your future self. Right. So. All right. Well, um, I think we're going to wrap this up for now. Okay. Obviously, you know, we can talk for hours. We can talk all day. Yes. <laughs> so, but it's been great having you. Um, you want to give some information as far as, like, anybody that wants to find your book, uh, find you in regards to nutritional health or... Um, investment guidance, financial guidance, anything like that. (laughs) Um, So my book is called The Art of Being a PETA. PETA stands for pain in the ass. And the book looks like a box of PETA crackers. Um, You can find it on Amazon. It's on paperback and Kindle. And I'm trying to get the audiobook done. And I'm sorry it's not done yet. It's on my list. Um, And if you want to find me, you can go to adaptivenourishment.com. That's my website. I'm on social media as Adaptive Nourishment. I think I'm on Twitter as Shanna Bell author, but it's A-U-T-H-R because I couldn't fit the O in. It wouldn't let me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Too many characters. Um, But if you reach out to me via my website for either, um, there's um, a link for health assessments. You can also request a skill set assessment, which is, you know, could be financial, whatever. Okay. Um, And I usually do the initial. Initial part of it uh, is, is free, and then we can discuss what you're really wanting. Okay. Sounds great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in, and I'm excited to share this with everybody. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the super moms out there could use some of this information, and uh, maybe just change some pr- perspectives a little bit on like teaching kids finance and teaching kids, um, you know, nutrition and and you know, I love the five questions. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah, so. communicating is important, and yeah. as a parent, taking time out to play, play and coming to Joe's place to take a break and play with the cube in the middle of a busy day is right. a great idea. 15 or 20 minutes. Because in. it resets you. It resets right. your brain so that you just take a minute to breathe and then you can come out and be more efficient and more effective because you're ready to go. Right. Just so. kind of clear the mind. I was called like press the reset button or yeah. like pull the power button down for a second and then mm-hmm. leave. Like I'm not trying to take up your whole day. I'm not trying to take a two hour massage time or anything like that. No, because like, nobody's got time for that. Nobody has time for that. No. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so my whole objective is to spend 15 or 20 minutes with you and send you back on your way feeling just a little bit better than you when you came in. Yeah, so. which is great. I, I mean, I love I love this premise. So thank you for doing that Absolutely. for all of us super yeah. moms in the area. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to keep working on it and make it better every day. So yeah, awesome. I like it. All right. Well, have a great day and we'll talk to you guys in soon. Yeah, you too. Thanks, right, Joe. Okay. Thank you again for taking the time to listen. I look forward to sharing more with you on future episodes. If you need to contact me, you can reach me at anothernewperspective101 at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Have an awesome day.